0: Chapter 5 of the Dawn of Medieval Europe, 476 to 918, by J. H. B. Masterman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 5 The Rise of the Franks. Among the latest of the Teutonic peoples to cross the frontiers of the empire was the tribe, or rather confederation of tribes to whom the Romans gave the name of Franks. The origin of the name is uncertain. The two most probable explanations are, number one, that the name was derived from a Celtic or Breton word frank, meaning open and so free. Two, that it was derived from a Teutonic word franchi meaning ferocious. End footnote. They came from the Thuringian forest district, where a river called the Sala or Sal, a tributary of the men, flows across the land still known as the Unterfranken. It was probably from this river that they, or part of them, acquired the name of the Salian Franks. We first hear of Frankish inroads across the Rhine about the year 250. From this time they were constantly crossing the frontier, either as raiders to plunder the Roman cities, or as allies to enroll themselves in the imperial armies. In the 5th century the Franks fell into three sections. There were the Franks, who remained near the cradle-lands of the race in Thuringia, those who settled along the Middle Rhine, and who were called the Ripuarian Franks, and those who moved farther north and occupied those lands north of the roman province of gaul that were afterwards called the low countries early in the fifth century these northern franks under a chief named clodian moved southward and drove the roman garrison out of cambrai in four forty five clodian then seized tournai which became the capital of a new frankish kingdom his successor who is said to have taken his part in the great battle of chalon that drove attila out of gaul died about 457 and was succeeded by his son Childeric. legend and history are probably blended in these earlier chapters in the history of the merovingian house but with the accession of childeric's son clovis in 481 the history of the frankish kingdom really begins when clovis succeeded to his father's throne his kingdom was one of four little frankish kingdoms in northern gaul siegbert was king of the ripuarian franks with his capital at cologne ragnacar ruled at cambrai Cararic at tirouenne and clovis at tournay further south in the valley of the seine was the one district of gaul still under roman rule the independent kingdom of soissons which aegidius had founded and which was now ruled by his son siagrius aegidius was an old enemy of the franks and it was not long before the young frankish king found an excuse for attacking Siagrius. in alliance with ragnacar of cambrai clovis marched against him defeated him in a great battle near soissons and drove him out of his kingdom South of the Loire lay the great kingdom of Euric the Visigoth, who had died in 485, leaving a son, Alaric, a boy of about sixteen years of age, to succeed him. To Alaric, Siagrius fled for refuge, but on the demand of Clovis, the Visigoths delivered up their guest, who was promptly murdered by the Franks. The whole kingdom of Siagrius, including the city of Paris, fell to Clovis, in four ninety one clovis marched against and subdued a tribe of ripuarian franks and so extended his dominions to the borders of siegbert of cologne with whom for the time he remained on friendly terms this southward extension of clovis's kingdom brought him into contact with two important tribes the burgundians in the south and the alemanni in the east with the former of these he entered into friendly relations and married clotilda the niece of the reigning king gundobad gundobad was an arian but his niece had been converted to the catholic faith and clovis who was a pagan as yet was drawn by her influence in the direction of orthodox christianity the actual conversion of clovis is connected with an expedition against the alemanni a confederation of Teutonic tribes who had settled in the lands watered by the men in the Neckar. It is said that Clovis, hard-pressed in a fight at Tolbiac, prayed to the Christ whom his wife worshipped to give him victory, and that while he prayed his enemies broke and fled. Whatever truth there may be in the story, it is certain that in 496 Clovis was baptized at Reims, the old ecclesiastical capital of northern Gaul, by the aged bishop remegius the bishop was attended by most of the bishops of the province while clovis brought with him three thousand frankish warriors to be baptized with him gregory of tours has recorded remegius's famous speech to the king bow thy neck sicambrian adore what thou hast burned and burn what thou hast adored mitis depone cola Icambre adora quod incendisti incende quod adorasti the baptism of clovis is one of the most important turning points in european history how much sincere conviction had to do with the acceptance of christianity it is impossible to say certainly christian virtues are not conspicuous in his after-life but as a political step his alliance with the catholic church was a most sagacious move in the struggle for power going on between the various teutonic chiefs of western europe for it threw all the influence of the catholic clergy on the side of the franks the kings of the ostrogoths visigoths vandals and burgundians were arians and however tolerant they might be there could be no real cooperation between them and the orthodox clergy But when Clovis led his people into the fold of the Church, a new alliance began between the Frankish kings and the Roman Church, an alliance that was destined more than any other event of history to shape the ideas and institutions of medieval Europe. As Bishop Avitus of Vienne said, writing to Clovis soon after his baptism, wherever you fight in these lands, it is we, the Church, who conquer the first result of clovis's baptism was the establishment of friendly relations with the cities of brittany which had hitherto withstood his efforts to gain control over them soon after a domestic quarrel in the burgundian royal house gave the frankish king an opportunity godegasil brother of king gundobad sent to clovis offering as later feudal language would have expressed it to hold the kingdom of burgundy of him if he would help him to drive out his brother nothing loth clovis marched into burgundy and gundobad fled to avignon but for some reason that is not clear clovis withdrew his forces soon after and gundobad returned and having put his brother to death resumed the kingship but if clovis failed in burgundy he soon extended his kingdom in another direction about the year 503 he was again at war with the alemanni he drove them from their lands by the men and the neckar And settled his Frankish followers in their place. The Alemanni fled into the territories of Theodoric, who took them under his protection and forbade Clovis to pursue them further. They settled in the district that roughly corresponds to the modern states of Wurttemberg and Baden and part of Switzerland, a district of which we shall later hear again as the Duchy of Alemannia or Swabia. The Burgundian War is important chiefly because it led to an alliance of arian kings under the leadership of theodoric to check the growing power of the franks if the allies had joined in an attack on the dominions of clovis it would have gone hard with the frankish king but theodoric was anxious for peace and without his help the other kings were not strong enough to attack the franks the initiative came from the franks in 507 Clovis assembled his warriors and announced to them, I take it ill that these Arians should hold any part of Gaul. Let us go out with God's help and overthrow them and bring their land under our sway. The proposal was promptly welcomed, and the Franks marched to attack the Visigoths. Alaric, rashly taking the offensive without waiting for Theodoric's troops to come to his help, was defeated and slain in a great battle near Poitiers the prize of the victory was almost all the visigothic kingdom north of the pyrenees including the great cities of bordeaux and toulouse after this success clovis returned home leaving his son theodoric in alliance with gundobad and the burgundians who had gone over to his side to press the siege of arles which held out successfully for nearly two years till relieved by the ostrogoths in 510 in that year a great army under the command of count ibis one of theodoric's best generals crossed the alps and inflicted a decisive defeat on the franks and burgundians the war ended as already mentioned in a compromise between clovis and theodoric meanwhile anastasius had rewarded clovis's attack on the arian kingdom of the visigoths by bestowing on him the counsellor office and at Tours the frankish king was invested with the purple tunic and mantle of a roman official the last two years of clovis's life and reign five o nine were according to gregory of tours filled with crime and bloodshed his first victim was the aged king of the Repuarian franks who was murdered by his son cloderic it is said at clovis's instigation cloderic in his turn was slain by some messengers of clovis and the king himself then came to cologne and was elected as ruler of the Ripuarian kingdom cararic king of the frankish kingdom of terouenne was then seized and murdered and his kingdom annexed by clovis ragnacar of cambrai soon after shared the same fate thus the whole frankish district of northern gaul passed into the hands of clovis who died in paris in the year 511 at the age of forty-five leaving his kingdom to be divided between his four sons at this point it will be convenient to say something about the organization of the frankish kingdom the franks like the other german tribes who found their way into the empire brought with them the same teutonic system of government that tacitus describes in his germania three hundred years before At the head of the tribes or nation was the king, elected by the armed warriors as their leader. His person was protected by special penalties, and certain lands were assigned to him for his maintenance. His actual power must have varied much. A king like Clovis, skilled in war and statecraft, was probably nearly autocratic. But a weaker king might easily be little more than a tool in the hands of his nobles one change that followed on the migration of the tribes was that the king gradually came to be thought of as the owner of the territories that he ruled it followed that the same law of inheritance that held good for the lands of the nobles came to be applied to the kingdom the frank system of inheritance was equal division between all the male descendants of the family accordingly we shall find that on the death of a frankish king his kingdom was divided among his sons an arrangement that gave rise to continual contests even earlier than this the kingly office had generally become restricted to some noble family descended generally from some hero of the national history some amal or meroving or Cerdic. next in power to the king stood the nobles in the primitive teutonic constitutions these formed a council by whom the king was advised and by whose influence his power was held in check but migration and war raised to power among the teutonic peoples a new class of warrior nobles the thanes of the king whose interest it was rather to exalt than to curb the power of the king below the nobles were the free warriors of the tribe who assembled two or three times a year for consultation over such questions as peace and war and for important judicial business as the frankish kingdom grew in extent such meetings must have become less frequent and the actual share of the armed warrior in the work of government much less below the armed warrior class there grew up two other classes the class of serfs often perhaps conquered peoples who were allowed to retain certain right in return for labour on the land of their overlord and the class of slaves whose lot appears to have grown harder when the teutonic peoples came under the influence of roman legal ideas the franks like the other teutonic peoples brought with them into the empire a body of unwritten customary law this law modified by local conditions was after a time written in latin in a number of codes of which the most famous is the salian or salic code this code was compiled before the conversion of the Franks to Christianity, but contains later additions by Clovis and his successors. The code consists of regulations about judicial procedure and statements of the vergelt or compensation payable for various classes of offenses. The vergelt for slaying a Frankish freeman was two hundred solidi; for a serf, letus, one hundred solidi a roman was reckoned as equal to a serf with a vergelt of one hundred solidi while that of a slave was about thirty solidi the chief officers of the state next to the king were the Grafio, count who ruled over a pagus or shire then the secebaro or ruler of a hundred and the tunginus apparently a popularly elected officer of the hundred the salian code also contains regulations for trial by ordeal a method of trial that the church in those early days encouraged in cases where no evidence of a decisive kind was forthcoming the salian law shows us the legal system of the franks just as it comes into contact with the roman law and the law of the church both these were destined to influence deeply the development of frankish institutions as we shall see later in gaul the franks found at least two peoples of earlier settlement the gauls a celtic race formed of the peasantry of the conquered lands they were not exterminated or driven out as the britons were by the anglo-saxon invaders of this country but became hewers of wood and drawers of water to their conquerors above these were the romanized inhabitants men of many races who had settled in the empire at an earlier time and had become roman in language and ideas between these and the newcomers friendly relations gradually grew up and the influence of this roman civilization modified by degrees the language and character of the franks of the west while those who remained on the other side of the rhine retained their teutonic language and customs the history of the frankish kingdoms after the death of clovis can be told only in outline his empire for such it had really become was parcelled out by his sons into four kingdoms having their capitals at metz orleans paris and soissons the period that follows is marked by the extension of the frontiers of the merovingian lands and by constant struggles between the members of the royal house struggles in which murder plays as large a part as open contest theodoric clovis's eldest son to whom the kingdom of metz had fallen carried his frontiers eastwards into thuringia and to the banks of the danube meanwhile the other three brothers joined in an attack on burgundy which was absorbed into the frankish kingdom in 534 a little later Theodobert, son of Theodoric of metz overran and conquered from the ostrogoths the old roman province of provence and so brought the frankish realm to the shores of the mediterranean During all this time internal feuds went on between the brothers and nephews till in 558 Clothar of Soissons became the sole survivor of the Merovingian house and reunited under one rule all the possessions of the Frankish family. He died in 561, almost his last public act having been to capture his son Cromnus, who had rebelled against him and burn him alive with all his family clothar left four sons who again partitioned the frankish realm and now two new figures appear upon the scene where they were destined to play the leading parts in a ferocious and bloodthirsty drama the first of these was brunhilda a daughter of the visigothic king of spain who became the wife of siegbert of Metz. the other was fredegonda audovera wife of chilperic of soissons brought her to the court as her maid but she succeeded in inducing the king to repudiate his wife. He then married Brunhilde's sister, but Fredegunda, after a time, secured her murder and succeeded to her place as queen at Soissons. Brunhilde naturally regarded the upstart murderess with deadly hatred. War followed between the two kings, but Fredegunda, having secured the assassination of Siegbert at the moment of victory, murdered one by one all the children of her husband excepting her own son Clotar, and then finally her husband himself meanwhile a series of events too complicated to tell in detail placed childebert brunhilde's son on the thrones of paris orleans and burgundy in 593 years of war followed during which the authority of the surviving kings of the merovingian house over the vassals declined Childebert died in 596, leaving Brunhilde as regent for his two little sons. Next year Fredegunda also died, just as her plan for uniting all the Franks under her son's rule seemed on the verge of success. Still the contest went on till the death of Brunhilde, who was brutally done to death by Clothar in 614, left the son of Fredegunda as sole ruler of the Frankish realm in these long years of contest the merovingian kingdom gradually fell into three divisions austrasia neustria and burgundy the first comprising the teutonic lands of the east the second the Latinized lands west of the scheldt and meuse the last the lands farther south watered by the rhone the condition of western europe at this period is well summarised in milman's history of latin christianity It is difficult to conceive a more dark and odious state of society than that of France under the Merovingian kings, the descendants of Clovis, as described by Gregory of Tours. In the conflict or coalition of barbarism with Roman Christianity, barbarism had introduced into Christianity all its ferocity with none of its generosity or magnanimity. Its energy shows itself in atrocity of cruelty and even of sensuality throughout assassinations parricides and fratricides intermingle with adulteries and rapes that king clotaire should burn alive his rebellious son with his wife and daughter is fearful enough but we are astounded even in these days with a bishop of Tours burning a man alive to obtain the deeds of an estate which he coveted fredegonda sends two murderers to assassinate childebert and these assassins are clergymen she causes the archbishop of rouen to be murdered while chanting the service in his church and in this murder a bishop and an archdeacon are her accomplices marriage was a bond contracted and broken on the slightest occasion some of the merovingian kings took as many wives either together or in succession as suited either their passion or their politics devastated by civil war the lands of western europe also suffered in this sixth century the horrors of plague and hostile invasion the chroniclers of the time are full of records of the superstitious terrors awakened by the pestilence that swept across europe striking down its victims by thousands and appearing to the terrified eyes of men as a visible demon armed with a dart and on the society disorganized by pestilence wild tribes of saxons huns and other peoples broke plundering and slaying unless there had arisen new leaders to defend the frontiers western europe must have relapsed into barbarism and anarchy chapter five